Titus 2 says that the older women are to encourage the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be sensible, pure, makers of a home where God is honored. Wherever you're at on your Titus 2 journey today, I think that God has some much needed biblical wisdom to pour into us when it comes to the subjects of marriage and parenting. Well, hey friends, happy second of the month and welcome to our very first Titus 2 podcast on the second of the month. And we're just going to take a few minutes to look at some of the subjects that Titus 2 talks about. And I do just want to take a minute to encourage you that even if this is not a season of life or an area of life that seems to pertain to you, I want to encourage you to continue to listen, to continue to tune in, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, because of a couple of reasons. First of all, you have no idea what God will do in the next season or the next few years of your life. But second of all, you have no idea who God might want to speak to through you and through what we talk about in this place. And I love reading about and studying about and listening about subjects that don't necessarily pertain to me because God never fails to bring someone into my life who wants to counsel with me or talk with me about exactly the subjects that I just read. And so I just want to encourage you wherever you're at in life just to continue to listen because either you can put it in your pocket for later or God might bring it out to someone who needs this counsel. And so just keep listening and who knows what we'll learn. And, you know, like I said in the intro, Titus 2 encourages the older women to encourage the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. And the great thing about that verse is that I'm not classifying any of us, including myself, but we're all older than someone and we are all younger than someone. And I love the way that God ties these relationships together. It's that iron sharpening iron fellowship of God's people just learning and growing and learning to love together. And so I was praying about what God would want to say through our first Titus 2 podcast. And the phrase kept coming to my heart, bring them to Jesus, bring them to Jesus. And we recently, if you're reading in the one-year Bible, We were recently in Matthew chapter 19, and it talks about these parents who brought their children to Jesus to lay his hands on them with prayer. And we could talk another day about the disciples rebuking them and Jesus rebuking the disciples. But bottom line is that these parents recognized a need in their kids to be prayed over by Jesus. They recognized a power that Jesus Jesus had that they knew would be a blessing to their lives of their kids. And I was thinking about this, and I remember when my kids were little, and I took them to swimming lessons, and we were in Paris, Texas, and it was an adorable little indoor pool. 
And I think Haley was four and Jonathan was two and Aaliyah was probably too little. Now my kids are all big. They're 21, 19, and 17. But when they were tiny, I took them to the local pool for swimming lessons. And I remember the teacher turning to look at us parents and she said, before I teach your kids how to swim, I want to teach you how to teach them to swim because I'm going to teach them to swim to the wall. And she went on to tell us about stories that she had heard about kids who would drown in the pool right next to the wall because they were frantically looking for their parents and they couldn't find them. And so they could have just reached out and grabbed a hold of their wall, but instead they were looking for their parents. And she said, do not teach your kids to swim to you. Teach them to swim to the wall because the wall will always be visible. The wall will always be present. The wall will always be around them, even when they can't find you. And I kept thinking about that as I was praying over this podcast because, you know, I think as parents, we want our kids to learn to run to us, to learn to swim to us. But the problem with that is that we're human. We're fragile. Sometimes we might not be around. Whether it's just death or momentary separation, we unfortunately might not always be there for our kids to run to. But I think that we can take a lesson from that swim teacher and we can take a lesson from these parents in Matthew 19 to teach our kids to run to Jesus because he's always visible. He's always present. He's always right there. He always has the wisdom that they need. And whether they're tiny or big, I think that we need to encourage them to develop their own prayer life, their own Bible reading life with Jesus. I'll never forget the time that my son was in trouble for something and he came downstairs after reading his Bible and he said, well, Proverbs said exactly what you said yesterday. And I just can't believe that whoever put together the one-year Bible and whoever wrote this proverb and however long ago it was knew exactly what I needed to hear today. And I loved that because it wasn't just me trying to yap to his heart. It was the living, breathing, powerful word of God that was speaking right to him. We have to teach our kids to run to Jesus, to run to his word, to run to him in prayer. And parents, in order to do that, we have to be those who are running to Jesus. See, these parents brought their kids to Jesus to have him lay their hands on him on them because they had had their own encounters with Jesus. Whether he had laid his hands on them or whether they had just heard of his power or witnessed one of his miracles, they had seen and recognized a power in Jesus in themselves that they knew would change the life of their kids because they had seen Jesus change their own lives. 
See, this starts with us. It starts with us running to Jesus for his wisdom, for his power in parenting, in marriage, in prayer, running to Jesus, knowing that if we can just access him through the power of prayer, through the power of the word of God, that we can be changed and that that power of the Holy Spirit in him can change the life of our kids and the life of our families. It starts with us running to Jesus in our own quiet time, in our own prayer time. And I want to encourage you to be a reader and a studier of the season that you're in. You know, there's a couple of good books about this that were on my heart as I was getting ready for this podcast. And Stormy O'Martian has a few books that I have just loved. She has The Power of a Praying Wife and The Power of a Praying Parent. And as I was looking up these titles, I realized that she also has a book called The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children, which I have not read, but I will definitely read. And I want to encourage you to grab those books because they're short little prayers that we can pray over our kids and over our husbands and over our spouses. And they're short little prayers and verses that we can grab a hold of, that we can run to in moments of need. And we can teach our kids to run to in moments of need as well. I encourage you to be a reader and a studier, even if it's just five minutes a day. You know, I recognized really quick when I got married and when I had kids that I absolutely would not be a reader any longer if I waited to have the time to read an entire chapter or two. And so I had learned from a book that I was reading to read for five minutes a day to aim for that. It's about two pages and I would crawl into bed and I would be so tired and I would open up that book and I would try to read two pages. And some nights I'll be honest, I had to read the two pages that I read the night before because I didn't remember anything that they said. But you will get through so many more books for the season of life that you're in if you aim to read two pages a day than if you wait until you have time to read multiple chapters. Run to Jesus. Run to the power and the wisdom that he has given to others so that we will have power and wisdom to give to our families as well. Run to Jesus. And, you know, bringing our kids to Jesus also applies to our marriages. I love the example that I got from my parents. Every single night, they would gather us together, no matter how late, no matter how tired, no matter how chaotic the night was, and we would just pray together really quickly for the night for the day, for the next day. And, you know, it would take five to 10 minutes. And some nights it seemed like we were too tired and it was just too much. And yet we did it anyway. And and early on in our marriage, Jason and I started that as well. We started praying together long before we had kids. 
we would pray for each other. We would pray for the season of life that we were in, pray for the difficulties, learning to run to Jesus on behalf of each other, learning to bring each other before the throne room of God. And then once we had kids, when they were so tiny, we would pray with them and it was hilarious days because, you know, every kid wants to avoid going to bed. And so it turned my kids into prayer warriors. I mean, they prayed for every stuffed animal and every sick person and every cartoon show just because they knew that once they said amen, it was bedtime. <laughs> but even in that, it was God teaching them to be prayer warriors. It was God teaching them to bring people to Jesus, to the altar. And then we started something as well where after we would have group prayer, we would gather together with each kid individually from the tiniest age. And we would say, what can we pray for you about? And especially with teenagers, you will not believe how much you learn when you ask them daily, how can I pray for you? You learn about things that are going on in their life that you maybe would have no idea about otherwise. You learn about things that you had no idea that they were worried about. I know that I've learned, wow, I had no idea how deep they were. <laughs> and you know, it's amazing what you can learn. And then they've in turn asked us, well, what can we pray for you about? And it's amazing with teenagers how it kind of takes away any hormonal animosity that might be filling the room at the time because you're learning to bring each other to Jesus. And, you know, when we would ask them that when they were little, it would be darling things like pray that you give me ice cream tomorrow or pray that I get to watch a TV show. And it was just so cute. But you dug through the tiny little things in order to get through the deeper, serious things. And more than that, it was building a habit of bringing our kids to Jesus. And it's so beautiful to be able to then do that in marriage as well, to bring each other before the throne of God. Because whether you're upset, whether you're tired, whether you're weary, or maybe you don't understand exactly how serious that conversation was, or that worry was, or that idea was, as soon as we bring each other to the throne of God, in prayer for Jesus to pray over us, for Jesus to lay his hands upon us, everything changes. And the beautiful thing about this is that if you're married and you have kids, it frees you up to be so, from being so consumed with your kids to having the freedom to be a spouse. Because, you know, when we're just worried about our kids and think that everything is dependent upon us, then we can slowly start to neglect each other. But if we take those same worries and those same fears and those same concerns and united together, we bring those fears and worries and concerns to Jesus then it unites us instead of divides us.
It causes us to be joined together instead of neglecting each other. And so I don't know what season of life that you're in. I don't know how old your kids are, how young your kids are. Maybe you don't have kids. I don't know how long you've been married, how short you've been married, or if you're married. But regardless of what state of life you're in, we have all that we need if we will just run to Jesus. If whatever problem it is with a niece, a nephew, a person that you're mentoring, someone that you know, someone that you work with, someone that you go to school with, we have such a gift from God to just be able to bring the situation to Jesus, to our intercessor, the one that the Bible tells us ever lives to have intercession on our behalf. Isn't that wild? To think that Jesus is praying to the Father on our behalf and that as he puts his hands on us, we have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and his wisdom for this situation to speak with his boldness or to be silent, to quit worrying, to quit being in fear, to quit being a house divided that cannot stand, but instead to be unified in the power of prayer that we have in just coming to Jesus. And so I'm praying for you, precious one, that God will be the answer to all that you need in whatever it is that you need to bring to him today. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe, and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep in my-